0: Hello, this is Dr. David Friedman, host of To Your Good Health Radio. After 32 years of seeing patients and 25 years interviewing health experts on my radio show, I've come to the conclusion there are three things every person desires in life. They want to upgrade their brain, they want to optimize their body, and defy aging. Joining us today is Ben Greenfield. His new book, Boundless, covers all the bases to achieving these three goals. He's going to share some strategies on how we can live a healthy, fulfilling, joyful, and limitless life. If you want to know the secrets of getting from where you are to where you want to be, stay tuned. This information-packed segment starts now.
1: It's To Your Good Health Radio with number one best-selling author and
0: renowned wellness expert, Dr. David Friedman, changing lives just for the health of it. Our next guest is a former bodybuilder, Ironman triathlete, Pro obstacle course racer and human performance consultant. He's the author of 13 books, including the New York Times bestseller, Beyond Training. He was voted by the NSCA as America's top personal trainer. In 2015, he was named as one of the world's top 100 most influential people in health and fitness. He's a sought-after speaker and has coached and trained some of the world's top CEOs, chefs, sports icons, and biohackers. He's appeared on many TV and media platforms, including forbes men's health huffington post fox news cbs sports prevention magazine shape magazine and woman's running magazine and that's just naming a few his latest book is called boundless upgrade your brain optimize your body and defy aging welcome to the show ben greenfield
1: hey david thanks for having me on man i uh I'm I'm not I'm not at a gym right now, but if I sound out of breath, it's because I'm I'm out on a hike while I'm talking to you. So
0: there you go, getting that movement. That's important. Yeah. It's great to have yeah, you. A little shooting.
1: movement, a little, little, yeah. little sunshine.
0: I love it. It's all important stuff that so many people are hiding from, staying indoors now. So you're doing the, the the right thing there. Let me ask you. So what inspired you to write this boundless, big, thick book? Lots of info. What was the inspiration there?
1: Oh well, you know, I actually originally wanted to write a book on uh, on anti-aging and longevity, right. and uh, You know, it's a topic that maybe it's just because I'm getting old. I've been very interested in lately. Everything from what we can learn from these, you know, so-called blue zones where people are living a disproportionately long period of time using more ancestral methods, you know, like fasting and relationship optimization and even low dose alcohol intake uh, all the way to, you know, the world of of peptides and hormone replacement and, you know, and SARMs and, you know, sirtuins and NAD and all these crazy things, a lot of. More modern, you know, transhumanist-esque type folks might be doing. And I got a, I got into the book and um, realized that to really truly write a write a book about anti-aging and longevity, it had to be a, you know, kind of an all-encompassing manual to the human body. And it just kind of took on a life of its own, and um, eventually wound up being about well, I turned it the publisher about 1,500 pages long, and kind of trimmed it down to about 650 pages of. Um, all things body, brain, and, and spirit optimization, and so I uh, came up with the idea for the book about three years ago, and, and spent the past three years writing it and working with a team of researchers and scientific editors and a whole whole host of people who helped yeah. me uh, get it off the ground. And we finally uh, finally published it, and um, no 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 big New York publisher wanted it because it was just chock full of stuff. A lot of people. Uh, either, you know, shy away from, you know, like plant medicine and, and sexual biohacking. Yeah. Uh, and it's also admittedly a pretty, pretty big book. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, that was, that was how it originally uh, came to mind was, was just uh, something to help people live a long time and feel really good doing it. And, and it delved into a lot of other areas.
0: Yeah. So have you found, you know, while you're studying for this anti-aging, have you found like a, a couple key factors that we can turn this back the sands of time?
1: Oh, well, I mean, the, the chapter on anti-aging in the book is about 130 pages alone. So I would say a couple things might not be appropriate because it's really going to depend, right? Like if, right. You, uh, if, if, if you're, let's say, looking to optimize mitochondria, which would be uh, one big component of turning back the clock, so to speak. You're looking at things like, uh, like NAD and sirtuins, uh, grounding, earthing. Uh, photobiomodulation use of red light therapies uh, you know sauna cold uh, high mineral intake you know a lot of those kind of things that kind of treat the body as a human battery and optimize the electrochemical balance across the cell membrane if you are looking at things from a more uh, spiritual standpoint we're talking about incorporating a lot of the the spiritual disciplines you know purpose gratitude service self-examination solitude relationships time with others and time with God and if you're looking at let's say the the cognitive piece you know it might be more um, you know high dose fish oil some semblance of of cyclic ketosis the use of things like hyperbaric oxygen or you know exogenous ketones or you know some of the intranasal peptides that can help to restore things like uh, you know shutting down neural inflammation or or engaging in neuroplasticity and so yeah i mean there's a there's a lot of angles so you know i i would say that um if there were if there were just three things that i i could say are are big things people could start with right now uh that that i was pretty impressed with in the book in terms of the amount of data behind some of these practices it would be uh, a regular gratitude practice a regular uh, sauna practice and and a lot of walking in the sunshine preferably as much as possible Barefoot. You know, those three yeah. things may seem silly, but there there are so much for those three
0: factors alone yeah. that uh, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm a, the, a big proponent of. Gra- I'm, I'm a big proponent of grounding, just walking barefoot. What a difference you feel! I, it's amazing. It's literally in, in 15, 15 minutes, you're a different person. I, I, and people, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. About
1: about twenty minutes is the sweet spot. There's a great book called. Uh, called uh, Earthing about this, as well as a documentary by the same name. And, and you know, even professional athletes are tapping into this now. I, I saw Djokovic uh, playing tennis the other day, and um, he was actually wearing uh, grounding straps on the bottom of his shoe, which you can buy on Amazon. You can literally, even if you still got to be on a tennis court or, or you know, somewhere else where shoes would be appropriate, right? you can put grounding straps on your shoes and, and you know, take them from being a rubber, non-conductive surface, unable to absorb a lot of the negative ions that our planet emits to uh, to actually being conductive surfaces with a you know with a cheap pair yeah, of gravity
0: straps. That's, that's good. I didn't even know about that. That's good to know. That's awesome. You don't
1: you don't have to be a dirty barefoot hippie.
0: <laughs> Although there's nothing wrong with that. We got to be politically correct. It's okay, folks, if you're listening. Uh, I, li- <laughs> I, I, you. I live
1: out by North Idaho. I don't have to be PC. <laughs>
0: Let's talk about diet. You know, I've interviewed some of these top exercise and fitness icons and athletes. Some make a great case for going plant-based, and others are adamant that we need to eat a lot of animal protein. From your experience, I know I heard you mention blue zones. What have you found works best? Are you more leaning toward the plant-based?
1: Oh, well, we know that, you know, the dirty secret in the, in, the, uh, in the nutrition industry is if you want to make a lot of money, you write a book on, on diet, and you paint whatever diet variant that you published about as, you know, God's gift to mankind and the ultimate truth. But the fact is, you know, uh, when, when we look at this concept of biochemical individuality, which I unpack quite a bit in the book, you know, that, um, you know, let's say like the ketogenic diet, right. That's very popular these days. And, you know, that same ketogenic diet that might've helped your neighbor lose 20 pounds. If you have poor gallbladder or liver function, or you have, let's say, uh, you know, like an FTO gene or another genetic factor that might predispose you to inflammation or weight gain in response to high intake of saturated fats, or you have familial hypercholesterolemia, uh, you might be someone who would actually be screwed by that, that type of dietary approach. Um, and, and perhaps you're even, you know, for example, an undermethylator, and, and you know, that, that huge amount of methionine from, from muscle meats on, let's say, a carnivore or a keto approach might also not be the, the, best, right. the best diet for you. So, so doing things like like gut testing... And micronutrient testing and genetic testing to determine the diet that's appropriate for you. I think, especially in this era where self-quantification is becoming increasingly affordable, is a much better way to go rather than simply trying to uh, to to you know put a put a square peg in a round yeah, hole. Yeah, in that's interesting. Feet. Now, now, now that being said, you know if you look at most of the data, including epidemiological data on, on most diets and long-lived populations out there. It would appear that some semblance of a Mediterranean diet works very well for a large population, which is, you know, large amounts of plants, herbs, spices, uh, tannin and polyphenol and flavanol-rich beverages like wine and teas and coffees, uh, some semblance of fasting, high intake of monounsaturated fats, such as uh, olive oil and and, and some fish-based oils and fish-based fats as well, along with some periods of the year where you're engaged in some amount of protein or meat and dairy restriction without complete elimination of those variables, but simply being mindful of the total intake of them. Right. And, and, you know, I, I think that for a lot of people, just some type of a somewhat uh, low-carb natural version of a Mediterranean diet is a, is a really good way to go. And when I say low-carb, you know, all I'm referring to is, is ultra-processed carbohydrates, processed right. sugars, you know, all, you know, all the things that would cause, you know, what, what I outline in the book, Uh, either glycemic variability or inflammation if you avoid those and and pair that to some semblance of a mediterranean diet then you're probably on the right track
0: right and you mentioned two words genetic testing and i guess you know you mentioned that your book eating according to your ancestry share how can our dna guide us to how we should be eating
1: oh well there are certain genetic variants that would predispose you to everything from lactose or gluten intolerance to like i mentioned an inflammatory response to a high intake of saturated fats to um uh even when you look at, at the genes within the gut right they, the microbiome right. uh either the ability to be able to tolerate slightly higher amounts of carbohydrates or even high glycemic index carbohydrates that other people might not be able to handle i mean there was even a fascinating study out of israel it was called the day two study in which they found that just based on the bacterial profile alone in the human gut some people had a pronounced blood sugar response to foods like cookies and bananas well others did not and so looking at the uh at the the genes you know via something like a 23andme test that you might even export to a service that could delve more deeply into the results like a stratagene or um you know or Genetic Genie or Self Hacked or any of these other services that will analyze your genes more in depth than 23andMe, and then pairing that with a good test for your biome, you know, like a biome or longevity test or something that will take a real good look at the strains and species of bacteria in your gut, all of a sudden allows you to unlock a host of variables that would show you, well, you know, maybe for you, because you're a slow coffee oxidizer, you're going to experience a great amount of circadian rhythm disruption and sleep disturbance if you have caffeine after about eleven AM whereas other people can have a cup of coffee or a shot of espresso before dinner and metabolize that before they even hit the sack. Right. So, you know, you can make all sorts of interesting life decisions based on on genetic variants
0: yeah I think that's the way for the future right there I really do so I'm glad you you really hit that in the book as well one thing also you you are known as a biohacker and this is a term I first was introduced several years ago when I interviewed Dave Asprey and now it's become a mainstream hot topic and you have become a leading pioneer at the forefront of biohacking for those not familiar with the term share with us what is what does it mean to be biohacked
1: well, I mean, you know, I, I honestly think it's a little bit of an overused term nowadays. The original so-called biohackers were literally hacking their biology. I mean, they they would call their bodies wetware and then install things right. in the body that they would call hardware, like, let's say, magnetic implants in the ears to hear better or, uh, you know, chlorophyll injected into the eyeballs for night vision or magnetic implants in the fingertips to be able to interact with screens and technology or even like, uh, you know, compasses that will vibrate every time you face true north that are implanted in the chest. And, you know, that's, in my opinion, kind of like the true original biohacking movement. And since then, it's kind of progressed in this idea of pretty much including anything that one could use uh, from a scientific standpoint to either achieve a physical or, or a mental or a biological goal more quickly than they would be able to without the use of that technology or strategy or to be able to somehow enhance their, their biology in a way that they might not be able to naturally or on their own. And so,
0: you know, it's
1: gone, it's gone from, uh, from, you know, those, those crazy original experiments and surgeries to, you know, putting coconut oil in your coffee or, you know, jumping up and down on a trampoline with a, with a, you know, with a altitude mask on. So, uh, the, the, and those two examples I would more refer to as, as cooking and exercising, not biohacking, but, um, they are what they are. And, you know, I, I would say that, you know, the way I view it is. I, I think that you had got to put the basics before the biohacking. Okay. So let's say we already mentioned sunlight, right? So let's take sunlight. Uh, let's say you're, you're already getting out in the sunlight for 20 to 60 minutes a day. You're making a point to be outside when you can, but you also have an indoor job. Maybe there's some mornings where you're relegated to emails and articles or writing or, or meetings or zoom calls or whatever. Well, you could use a biohack to bring the sun indoors to you. Like there are these these uh, so-called photobiomodulation panels that you can set right. in your desk. You know, I have one, one right next to my desk, and it emits red and near-infrared light, two of the more important healing spectrums of sunlight that can also do things like affect your collagen and elastin health or your, your libido or your hormones, et cetera. And you could simply, if you're unable to get out in the sun, use that as kind of a, a technological right. biohack to – Bring the sun indoors or, or let's say you know you're not ancient man you're not sleeping you know on the ground in, in a cool cave in a cool dark cave so you know another biohack of this this would be something else that i use is i've got a little mat that's underneath the top sheet of my mattress that circulates 55 degree cold water under my body while i'm sleeping so i stay nice and cool while i'm asleep and honestly under that mat is, a, is another pad that emits that same natural healing frequency of the planet earth called it called the grounding mat So I'm essentially simulating what ancestral men would have done. You know, I'm turning my bedroom into more of like an ancestral cave, but I'm doing so with what I would consider to be so-called biohacking technologies. So I, I would say really, it's just using science to kind of enhance biology in ways you might not be able to do otherwise.
0: Yeah. I love how you uh, you look at people and you, they live by example. Like, and You talk about the secrets of the, the fittest old people on the planet. And there's many listeners now that we've gained that quarantine weight. Can you share some tips on how they can shed those unwanted pounds? From your experience, does, does diet play a bigger role? Weight loss, exercise, mental? Where are we?
1: Oh, man. There, there's There's a lot of stuff I talk about in the book, everything from, you know, going too long a period of time without eating a proper amount of calories or carbohydrates to, uh, excess snacking, to glycemic variability, to inflammation. But I would say that probably, you know, with, with my clients, one thing that I do with them that seems to work for across the board, everybody for, uh, for, for losing fat at a pretty healthy, lasting, and rapid pace is I'll have them do an overnight intermittent fast, right? So you finish, finish dinner and don't eat for 12 to 16 hours after dinner, which is not that hard to do because you're asleep most of the time, okay? And then you get up in the morning, and in that fasted state, you do about 20 to 30 minutes of aerobic cardio, like a uh, walk in the sunshine or an easy swim, or some yoga, something kind of easy and restorative, okay? You you save all your hard stuff for later on in the day, which is a good time to work out anyways because later on in the day is when your grip strength peaks, and your strength peaks, and your reaction time peaks, and your post-workout protein synthesis peaks, and all all sorts of things happen later on in the day that make that a better time to do the hard workout. But in the morning, you, you wake up fasted, you do easy restorative, 20 to 30 minutes of cardio, and then you finish with two to five minutes of cold. It could be a cold shower, cold bath, right. jump into a into a cool lake, a river, or ocean. And that one, two, three combo, which I call in the book, strike, stroll, shiver, uh, done regularly. I mean, I, I do that almost 365 days a year. Wake up, fasted, go do 20, 30 minutes of aerobic cardio, come back, do a little bit of cold therapy, and it just melts fat off the body. And there are certain things that can actually enhance the utilization of fatty acids, like a cup of coffee beforehand or uh, or green tea. Both of those can be very helpful. Anything with capsaicin in it, even put a little sprinkle
0: right. of cayenne,
1: cayenne pepper into your coffee or your tea. Uh, there are certain herbs like uh, bitter melon extract or berberine that can kind of drop the blood sugar and allow right. for even more fatty acid burning when you're doing that. But I think that's, that's one, of the, one of the best tips I can give to folks wow. for, a, for, a, for a jump start on fat loss.
0: Yeah, that's great. Let me ask you, we've had a lot of guests on the show talk about leaky gut, but in your new book you use a phrase I've not heard before, leaky brain. What is this and why should we be concerned? Well, in the same
1: way that you have a you know, almost like a single cell lining between your gut and your bloodstream, right that if you're inflamed or you're eating a lot of foods that might cause damage to the gut, even excess amounts of, you know, raw fiber or, you know, commercial dairy or vegetable oils or, or you know, glyphosate, all that can cause a little bit of damage to the gut that results in some undigested proteins, some large protein particles passing into the bloodstream and causing a little bit of an autoimmune reaction. And you also have a barrier that's quite similar between your blood and your brain. And there are certain toxins metals, industrial pollutants, etc., that can cross that blood-brain barrier if uh, you're, you're, you're inflamed from a neural standpoint and that barrier has become permeable. A few things that, that would right. you know, cause that would be, for example, poor sleep, uh, high alcohol intake, uh, absence of, of some of those flavanol and polyphenol-rich teas or coffees or, you know, or, or beverages that I was talking about, uh, low magnesium intake or, or low blood magnesium status can cause that. Um, poor vagal nerve tone, your vagus nerve snakes throughout your entire body. And if if you don't have like a a meditation practice or a yoga practice or a breathwork practice, and you're not regularly toning that vagus nerve, a concept that I I detail how to do in the book, that can also contribute to a leaky blood-brain barrier. And so uh, when it comes to healing the blood-brain barrier, you know, getting getting good, adequate magnesium, sleep, breathwork, meditation, yoga, surprisingly even cold water face dunks or cold showers seem to have a really good impact on the blood-brain yeah. barrier. The consumption of coffees and teas and uh, a wide variety of plants, herbs, spices like, like ginger and garlic and turmeric, you know, all of these type of things you'd find in that Mediterranean diet we were talking about. Those are all also fantastic for the blood-brain barrier. And so, so yeah, you got to understand like your, your, your brain is not, you know, isolated in a, in a tiny protected castle in your head you know, stuff can get in there and there are certain things that you can do to ensure that, that, your, uh, that your brain's filter, so to speak, is working properly.
0: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, you're a big advocate of dietary supplements and the founder of Keon, your own nutritional line of products. With so many options out there, it can be overwhelming for people. I'm curious, if you were stuck on a deserted island for a year and you could choose only three supplements to bring, what's your top three?
1: Oh, that, uh, geez, nobody's ever asked me that question. Top three. I would bring, uh, uh, first of all, I think that organ meats are nature's multivitamin. I always try and have a little bit of liver or heart or kidney every week. And even though I wouldn't be able to take a food since you, you painted me into the supplements corner, I would definitely <laughs> bring some type, of, some type of encapsulated organ glandular. Uh-huh. Uh, so I'm getting a lot of fat-soluble vitamins and, and folate and uh, even some vitamin C. I get a lot, a lot from organ meats. So I bring an organ meat glandular. Um, a lot of people talk about things like collagen and whey protein. For bioavailable amino acids but to really take that to the next level and get amino acids on steroids so to speak you go straight to what i would consider the the most absorbable bioavailable form of protein and that would be essential amino acids so i would take essential amino acids with me i would take uh, a liver with me and uh because i've done genetic testing and this is going to be interesting because we talked about genes a little bit earlier i actually don't have any of the genes that allow me to harness appreciable amounts of vitamin d from sunlight even if i'm out in the sun all day long because i used to race in ironman triathlons and yeah. be on my bike and swimming and i'd still have pretty you know 20 to 30 for my vitamin d levels and so uh so for me i actually do supplement with vitamin d um typically what i'll do is supplement every day or i'll just do an intramuscular vitamin d shot about once every one to two weeks and so i suppose the third for me would be uh, vitamin d
0: yeah. Interesting. Good picks. Yeah. Let me ask you this. I know you've got this amazing podcast. I'm a big fan. It's, uh, for those of you out there, it's called Ben Greenfield Fitness and you get to do what I do. You pick people's brains and I always say I'm, I'm a full-time student. I'm always learning and growing with everyone that I interview. Is there anyone particular that you've interviewed that can really help create a paradigm shift in your way of thinking?
1: I would say one of my favorite guys right now who's been on the podcast five times. So that gives you a clue of how much I like to pick his brain about yeah. all things, uh, Medicine related is, is a guy I would consider to be one of the top regenerative medicine docs in the country. He he practices with everything from nerve hydrodissection to plant medicine to uh, you know like ketamine therapies to vagus nerve resets. Uh, just super cutting edge. I'm always fascinated when we talk, and that's uh Dr. Matthew Cook. He's at um at Bioreset Medical in San Jose. He's just a fascinating doctor.
0: Got it. So you've had him on five times. So listeners, check that out, man. Sounds like a, sounds like a great interview as well. In the last minute we have, yeah. is there anything else that you'd like to share about Boundless or maybe something we didn't cover, you know, this interview that you'd like to share?
1: Oh, you know, we talked about self-quantification and biohacking and supplements, but ju- just remember, um, you know, there are 108-year-old gin-chugging, cigarette-smoking grandmas in Sardinia, Italy, who are living a healthy and long life despite not biohacking or taking a bunch of supplements or doing a bunch of genetic testing, but they've got good relationships, they're grateful, they've got a lot of love in their lives, they have purpose, they're happy, they find joy in things that aren't necessarily, you know, passing attachments, but that are instead people and experiences and religions. And I think that really focusing on the spiritual disciplines and and, and setting that up as the foundation trumps, you know, any of this other stuff that's been the icing on the cake
0: right that's the nitty-gritty though fantastic it's been an honor having you on the show i'm so glad we finally the stars aligned and you get on and it's been great i'm a big fan of your work and you're welcome back anytime.
1: Awesome. Well, thanks for having me on. I'm honored.
0: That's great. To learn more about Ben Greenfield and get your copy of his best-selling book, Boundless, go to bengreenfieldfitness.com. And while there, be sure and check out his informative articles and tune into his podcast. To learn more about Ben's supplements, go to getkion.com. And that's G-E-T-K-I-O-N.com. And you can follow Ben on Instagram at bengreenfieldfitness. On Twitter, he's at Ben Greenfield And on Facebook, BG Fitness and for my daily Facebook and Twitter post I'm at Dr. David Friedman on Instagram I'm at Dr. D Friedman if you heard Ben share something today that would benefit somebody you know send them a link to this podcast it's available to yourgoodhealthradio.com and radiomd.com and peruse our podcast library and share segments with friends family, co-workers and on social media this information is too important to keep to yourself sharing is caring you can subscribe to future podcasts at iHeartRadio and iTunes. More to come. Stay tuned and stay well.